Welcome to the Everyday PM Podcast, the podcast where we discuss project management principles for your everyday life. My name is Ann Campia, and I'm a certified project slash program manager with over a decade of experience working in healthcare, retail, consumer goods, and tech industries. I am so excited to welcome not one, but two very special guests today. We have Christina, who is returning to the podcast. You may have seen her on a plethora of other podcasts. We've talked about lessons learned. We've talked about how to set goals for this year. So Christina, welcome back to the podcast. And we are also welcoming to the podcast for the first time, Kelly, who is also here. And she's actually the one who approached me with this topic today, which we are covering, which is the difference between Lean Six Sigma Black Belt and the Project Management Professional Certification. I think a lot of us are in that realm of, you know, especially in the pandemic, do I, do I spend time, get a, get a certification, try to get more education in a field that I'm interested in. So I think this is such a timely topic for us to discuss today. But before we dive in, let's go ahead and get to know our hosts. So Christina, since you are our returning podcaster, guest host, please take a brief moment to introduce yourself to our audience. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Christina Olavidia. I am the Director of Business Development and Communications for Yellow Brick Consulting. I have been a project manager for eight years now, focused solely on healthcare, uh, specifically transitioning new healthcare facilities, working to operationalize internally as teams develop uh, workflows, et cetera, uh, to prepare for the activation of their new environments. I am thrilled uh, to be joining today specifically about this topic. So thank you, Anne, for having us again. Awesome. And Kelly, welcome to the podcast. Please take a brief moment to introduce yourself. Yeah, thank you for having me and putting this together. I'm really excited about it. So my name is Kelly Hickler. I am a senior planner with DeNovo Planning Group, and I've been doing community development for over 10 years. Um, my master's degree is in urban and regional planning, and I have a um, certification, an, AIP, an AICP certification, which is American Institute of Certified Planners, and also an IAP2 certification. It's International Association of Public Participation. So I want to add some more certifications <laughs> to my name. I'm interested in the PMP certification and the Six Sigma certification. Um, I think they're both directly applicable to the work that city planners do. So I'm really interested to learn more about both of them and how they complement each other, how they work together, and how someone might go about getting those certifications. Yeah, and and you know, both highly regarded and recognized globally. Both I've heard, I've only had my PMP, uh, but both I've heard are challenging to obtain. So we're going to dive into each one of these. And when I thought about who do I know has a Lean Six Sigma black belt, and I thought about it and thought about it. And I remember I was out, I think I was having lunch with our good friend, Brian, who has also been a podcast guest host. And he said, doesn't Christina have those letters right after her name on her LinkedIn? And I was like, Oh my gosh, like the person, the perfect person was right in front of me. I couldn't figure it out, but Christina is here to represent actually both sides because I believe you've got both, right? The PMP and the Lean Six Sigma Black Belt. I'll say just from a title perspective, not to put down our project management professionals out there, 
but the lean six sigma black belt does sound pretty badass i'm just gonna say that first and foremost but uh, we'll go ahead and talk about the pros and cons of each and really you know kelly this is all about your topic your question so what i'm going to do is actually i'm going to release the reins of uh, podcast hosts for today let you take the reins and go ahead and ask away with all the questions you have because we want to make sure that you as well as our listeners are are understanding and really uh prepared when you make this decision which of both or if you choose both even better right uh which of both is the best for you so kelly You've prepared some questions, so go ahead, take it away. Yeah, all right, thanks, Anne. So um, I think most of your listeners are probably familiar with the PMP certification already, but just in case this is someone's first episode they're tuning into, maybe, um, I don't know if, if Anne or Christina, you want to talk a little bit about the PMP certification. Don't jump up, Anne. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so I'll, I'll take an overview of both. So the project management professional is focused on the PMI's project management book of knowledge. Um, it is a very rigorous certification. Um, PMI offers many certifications based in project management. And I'm really excited to share if people have not been following PMI, they just released a plethora of information on new certifications, mini certifications, and actually an intro certification for anyone looking to maybe jump into the world of project management, but doesn't have the experience required to earn your PMP, um, there's a new certification available. So please check out PMI.org. I'm not plugging for them. I don't work for them, but um, I do go to their site quite often. Um, but the project management professional certification is offered through them. It's a world global certification that's recognized for project management professionals. Um, you require 35 hours of um, education as well as project management experience. So you need some experience in the field um, as well as um, some background uh, specifically regarding the, P the PMBOK. Um, it is currently, I believe, 180 questions. It was 200 when I took it a few years ago, but I think they trimmed it down to 180 questions. And you do need a um, 70% to pass. Um, I do recommend lots of studying for it. Um, it's quite rigorous, very intense, um, and certainly worthwhile for those um, managing projects or just in the business arena. Now, the lean black belt, lean back, a lean black belt is very similar in terms of rigor, studying, um, but in terms of certification, there are many organizations that can provide that certification course. Um, there's ASQ, uh, Villanova has a great one. And then there's a, a lot of others online. You can just look six, Lean Six Sigma Black Belt and go through them as well. Um, I earned mine through MSI Certified. Um, it was a self-guided program, um, but if you have not been in project management or operations, I certainly recommend um, taking advantage of any of the courses. Uh, Villanova, Villanova has an excellent one. Um, that provides you a lot of a uh, lot more background and um, you know coursework that will prepare you for the exam. Uh, similarly, I think the exam I'm not 100% sure it might be 100 questions on that, but don't quote me. Um, there is a book of knowledge as well that would provide you foundational knowledge, and it is more operationally driven than the project management professional certification. So those are both in a nutshell. That was awesome. All right, thank, yeah, I don't know thank that you. I have anything to add. I think Christina covered it all. The only thing I would say is the PMP, depending on when you took it, 
Christina mentioned, right? It's, it's evolved a little bit. I think even when I took it, there was even more questions. So I, uh, today it's, it's a little bit more slim and the focus is a little more broad because I think the exam is PMP exam is really trying to capture all of the different types of projects now, you know, where it was really waterfall predictive uh, driven before. I think it's inclusive of agile, it's inclusive of hybrid environments. It really speaks to uh, three different domains now, right? Where you're not just so focused on the inputs and outputs of the project life cycle. It's looking at people as a domain. It's looking at your business environment as a domain. So there's a lot, it's, it's evolved. So if you're, if you haven't taken it and you, and you want to take it now, it's definitely a different exam than when I'm sure when Christina and I took that exam. So that's the only thing I'd add. All right. Thank you both. So, um, I, I had heard of lean or six Sigma black belt before. I didn't know what those words meant. I thought it was something that maybe it people got. I didn't really understand what it was all about. And then I started thinking about process improvement and it came up in my world again. And I went, Oh, maybe that is something that I should look into because um, city planners are dealing with all sorts of different processes all the time. So maybe Christina, could you talk more about, you know, what, what does Six Sigma mean? What is lean? What, what do these words mean? <laughs> what is, what is process improvement? Absolutely. Um, so the way I utilize it, so I, you know, I work in healthcare specifically in operations and when you're you know, developing a new process, evaluating how you are going to be implementing new workflows in a new environment, it's really important to analyze your current state. Now, Lean Six Sigma is focused on process improvement and efficiency. You just hit those. Six Sigma is actually um, the amount of effectiveness. So, um, you know, if you think about a process and if you are 95% accurate most of the time, um, that's great in most people's standard. Lean Six Sigma hopes to increase that. So it's actually the percentage of perfection that you have for your product output. So for our work that we do, we're really focused on the removal of waste, intermediaries, bottlenecks, et cetera, that prevent um, teams from being successful in their new environment. So if there's an opportunity to analyze uh, via very, various programs, whether it be the, the fishbone diagram, the FMEA analysis, et cetera, these allow teams to really understand what works in their current environment and then what can be improved. Ultimately, I think Lean Six Sigma is a great tool to use both on projects because they can be time-based programs, but also for process improvement for those teams that lead process improvement initiatives on the regular it's really important to have a tool and foundation. I think Lean Sig Sigma provides that foundational knowledge to understand what that purpose is. All right, thank you, Christina. Uh, maybe could you talk a little bit about how the two certifications kind of complement each other and how project management and process improvement are complementary skills? How do they work together? Um, so Anne mentioned that PMI recently had kind of a, a rewrite of their 
Pembok. I would say it was almost like an addition to the Book of Knowledge, um, really focused on value add. So proje projects are not only successful because they meet their scope, they're on time, they're within budget, et cetera, but ultimately add value to the organization. I can think of no better example of that than process improvement. If you're able to make people's lives easier, more efficient, more worthwhile, um, you're creating a better product because you're ultimately creating a more quality product, whether that be um, technology. So if you're in the technology field, engineering, you're increasing your flows, uh, healthcare, education, et cetera. There's opportunities to leverage both of these certifications everywhere you go. So in my opinion, both of them complement each other, but they are very distinct in their um, relations to one another. Project management, as mentioned, projects are time-based. So um, you shouldn't have a process improvement strategy that is years long because ultimately you're timed, gathered uh, for data, et cetera. Um, I mean, you don't have a baseline to pull from. So uh, projects, specifically the PMP, really provides you foundational knowledge on how to approach situations, um, understanding that there's going to be a kickoff. I have tools to pull from, et cetera. I, I love that about the PMP. I think it has really allowed me to be successful as a non-clinician in a healthcare environment because the way I approach projects is always with a strong foundational knowledge of, I need to understand the scope, what's my budget, what is my timeline, et cetera. And ultimately, even if I'm not a clinician and don't understand specific healthcare terms, et cetera, I understand what my mission is and what my value add is. So it allows me to be successful as a project manager. Now, having that foundation as a process improvement expert as well, really plays into the operational planning for our teams. Um, to me, that is my favorite scope of work that we do because it's a once in a lifetime career opportunity for most clinicians to rewrite how you're gonna do operations in a new facility. So developing flows, understanding um, process improvement for you know, teams to work in a space, et cetera, is so exciting. And to understand that impact that you have on an organization, um, it's, there's nothing else that can beat that phase of a project to me. And it really impacts ongoing operations, education, orientation for teams, understanding flows, education, um, you know, money, monetary impacts. There are so many impacts to workflow and lean efficiencies. Um, I think the list can go on and on. I'm always in awe of Christina. I'm just like, oh, wow, she has both. Like, that's, that's pretty incredible. I think, Christina, I'm curious in terms of um, I, I definitely agree that they complement each other. And, and again, coming from someone who only has the PMP, I've been heavily considering getting this uh, black belt as well in my new role. And I'm curious in the order of events, did you get your PMP first or did you get the black belt first? I got the black belt first. Oh, interesting. Um, so at the time, okay. um, we were going through the USC education program and then I got the PMP after we finished our master's program. Got it. Okay. Just curious. Kelly. Yeah, I was curious about that too. I was going to ask that same question. So perfect. <laughs> um, so then I'm curious in your opinion for either certification, do you need to, can you essentially go work in any industry? If you have those certifications, 
when you go work in any industry or do you need to have some baseline knowledge if you're going to go work in healthcare or city planning or IT or what have you, should you have, you know, some basic knowledge of that subject or not necessary? I just wrote a blog. Um, so Anne, just background information, Anne knows this. So I'm the communications manager for Yellow Brick Consulting and our team, a secret sauce to our successes. We write our all our blogs at the beginning of the year and amend them with any relevant information through the year. So I just finished my blog post and it was about skills um, that are required to be successful in the transition activation. I think this is directly applicable to your question as there are hard and soft skills that are required for any position. Uh, soft skills for no matter what project management, city planning, process improvement, communication is one of those soft skills that are required, teamwork, you need to be adaptable, et cetera. Now, that being said, that doesn't mean you're going to be successful no matter what, right out the gate for any position. I have these and I want to be an engineer. Um, I obviously need some hard skills as well to be able to speak to those. Um, that's not to say that you can't be successful. What I like about hard skills is they can be learned. They can be taught. Soft skills are so much harder to get. Um, so I think we can do a whole podcast about soft skills versus hard skills, but I can go get my certification. It might be hard. It might be challenging as long as I have the grit and determination and the willpower to be successful in that specific field. I think I can do it. Um, at least that's how I see um, hard skills. So yes, to answer a short question, yes, you need some hard skills. Yes, you need some background information in any field, but those backgrounds can be earned. You can study, you can go to school, et cetera. Um, I would much rather focus on soft skills because those, you can't teach those. Yeah. All right, Anne, sounds like we have a, another podcast topic. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite subjects. I mean, I've taught a course on, on, on hard versus soft skills. It kind of rolled up into this whole idea of what makes a, a modern leader, authentic leader. And I think Christina nailed it. I think that has become so much more important in terms of your ability to function, not just as a project manager, but in whatever role that you're you're in, we're all working with people in some way, shape or form. Right. So I think, um, and, and it's interesting that the PMP has tried to evolve itself to test on that. And I think it's a very challenging area to test on. Uh, some, some may say that you are just inherently born with soft skills and some try to practice it every day to be better. And so um, to, to find an exam that can specifically nail how you can score somebody on their soft skills is a really hard and very interesting thing to try to capture because I, I think it's very difficult to do. Um, Christina, I wanted to circle back on something else that you said when you're talking about, uh, you know, the distinctions between the two certifications, and I want to see if I'm understanding correctly. So when you say a project, when, when you're managing a project, that's something that has a defined beginning and end, whereas a process improvement might be ongoing. It doesn't really have an, an end per se. That's correct. So there are certain process improvement strategies, obviously, um, that are implemented that can be considered projects because they're time-based initiatives. Healthcare, for example, um, it's required by CMS to have specific 
um, organization-wide process improvements, whether that be uh, length of stay for patients, flow, ED, how long does it take a patient to get their first encounter, et cetera. Those are all operational process improvement strategies that can be um, either you know, a few months, but typically they're, they're multi-year projects. Um, so I think that process improvement um, is implemented, specifically the lean black belt, is implemented for these ongoing operational needs within the organization. So although we're you know, implementing a specific strategy at the time, and that strategy would be considered a project if you look at it you know, by definition. Um, ongoing, you're implementing a successful strategy that impacts operations. So to me, I see it more as an operational need versus a project need. Um, because if I have that background, I'm implementing uh, successful strategies to increase efficiencies, which increase the bottom line and it, you know all of those things. Now, project management, the PMP, it should be time-based. Not all organizations see it that way, and Anne can probably speak to that as well. Um, but traditional projects should be time-based because in order for them to be successful, you need that one of the triangles is schedule. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, agreed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what do I add that's of value to this conversation, Christine? I feel like I should just like zone out of this and let you both talk. But I, I do, I, I agree. I think when you really think about a project, you, you have to have it time-based. I mean, it's no longer a project if it's not, right? It doesn't have a definitive end. Um, so to your point, I think when we talk about ongoing process improvement, those are those strategic initiatives where there's something that um, will be for the betterment of the organization, whether it's a, a, a short or long-term fix, but something that the organization has really been wanting to get into. And I think there's only so many people are, who are positioned to take on those types of strategic projects. Um, and, I, and I believe that typically comes with time and experience um, in, in a professional. And so um, I, I, I would see it as, at least in my trajectory of my career, I started managing projects at a more tactical level um, then moved into the more strategic projects that you would uh, then lean on your Lean Six Sigma Black Belt to kind of guide you on how to, to do those types of process improvements. And I'll, and I'll add that usually our process improvement is more driven from our quality department. So they're analyzing data that's given to them. Um, they're seeing inefficiencies. They're seeing gaps in process. Um, why do we have this many devices that aren't working, et cetera? And then getting direction from leadership as to directions um, to improve, analyze, et cetera. So it's a lot more data-driven, um, not that projects aren't, but um, it's a piece of a project. But I would say Lean is more focused on data. They're looking at the numbers. They're looking at all of that, where, where projects is a lot of people management. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so would you use, I, my next question is going to be about how do you measure success with, with both? And, and with the project, it's a little bit more obvious, you know, if it was successful or not. But the, the process, do you define points in time where you check in and look at the data? Or how do you know if it's, if it's working? Well, there would what would we do? And I, cause I cannot speak to all professionals and how they implement their strategies for projects. Absolutely. Um, they're a lot typically more easy to understand if they were successful, but remember 
um, specifically PMI, has focused now not just on meeting your project goals, but also if they ultimately provided value to the organization. Sometimes that's a little bit more transparent, but other times it's a lot harder to see. So you have to understand that operations. And I think that's where the lean and process improvement really comes into play because they're looking at that data and understanding, did our project ultimately succeed? Did we achieve our goals? And now patients are getting um, discharged a lot quicker because of this specific project. That being said, I think for, for process improvement, for goals to be analyzed, I think you implement. And then for our organization, what we do is then validate those via day in the life simulations. We call them dress rehearsals. We actually wrote an entire book about this process that we do. But this is a validation point that we implement prior to patient care, prior to people seeing patients in their new environment, testing equipment, functionality, flows, um, paths of travel, et cetera, because things are a lot different on paper. Um, and we have that luxury because we work on facility projects. So we can actually go in there, validate that makes sense, understand what needs to be adjusted, and then make those adjustments on paper, then train staff to that specific flow after we've had an opportunity to adjust it. So always making it more efficient. I think, you know, for manufacturing, that might be a little bit more different. You know, you're looking at data, looking at products, looking at that delta for those deviations from your, um, your manufacturing data, and then you would implement strategies to fix the product. So I think agile, I think agile very much. You'd have sprints of work, look at it. Does my phone work? I'm going to get an iPhone 13, iPhone 14. You see these iterations of products to improve them. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Totally makes sense. I think, um, Kelly, we have one time for one more question. What do you got? Okay. Yeah, perfect. Um, so then I guess maybe to, to end, what, what do people need to know to prepare for? Um, so you talked a little bit about how to get the Six Sigma certification. Um, is there anything else that people should know to start preparing for that? Um, I would do, if I were weighing both, if I had the choice of both, like one or the other, I would definitely do a cost benefit analysis, understand what my job function is today. If I'm a project manager and I don't have my PMP, I would opt for the PMP um, just because it's so recognized and it is becoming very much a standard on job applications that they're actually looking for that more than an educational background. If you have that PMP, it speaks volumes to the amount of knowledge you have and your commitment to the field. Um, With that, you will need to study. So certainly create a mini project plan of your own on how you are going to approach each of the exams. Set aside time, get the book of knowledge, whether it be the Lean Black Belt or the um, PMP, get that book of knowledge, then understand if you were able to comprehend that based on your experience, your work experience, your background, et cetera. Some things might make a lot more sense to you, but if you are new to a field, you're just getting started on your career, I would definitely recommend investing in some of those classes that are available. Often there's a weekend long seminars for both that you can invest on. Um, As I mentioned, Villanova has an excellent program for the Lean Black Belt. Um, Same thing, PMP, you can take it at most universities through their extended university. You can take um, 
classes to get background on the various scopes of work outlined on the PMP, um, but certainly one, do a cost-benefit analysis. If you're doing operations on a daily basis, you don't do a lot of project work, but you think you can make things more efficient, I would invest in the lean black belt. If you're not leading initiatives, projects, et cetera, on an ongoing basis, to me, that would make more sense. Um, so um, that's that's how I would approach it. Certainly not how I did approach it, but that's how I would approach it. It's funny how you, you when you recommend how to how to approach it, it's very different than what you ended up leaning into, right? Yeah, I think for me, I was like, I'm going to self-study. I'm, and then I realized I'm not Christina. So then I went through a four-day uh, rig, very rigorous boot camp where they kept you in a classroom for four days and it was all day. And the expectation was you studied in the evening, you took practice tests. And by the fourth day, as long as you were scoring around, I think 85% on the practice test that you were ready to take the PMP exam and pass it. And they had a guaranteed pass rate. If you didn't pass, then I think there's some sort of, I don't know if it's money back or they will pay for your next exam take whatever it is, you know, when it comes to cost benefit analysis, as well as considering what type of person you are in terms of, are you a self-studier? Are you somebody who needs to be forced into a classroom and kind of lock yourself in a classroom for a few days? So consider what, what motivates you to be able to get either of these as well. Yeah, thank you. That's so helpful. I have to, I'll have to think about that for myself and decide what the best approach is. But thank you, Christina, so much for sharing okay. all of your knowledge about about those and, and for having me on the podcast and putting this together. Of course. And Kelly, thanks for being such a fantastic host and bringing this topic to our attention. I know several of our listeners and viewers have asked for us to talk about these certifications. So I'm so excited to be able to share this knowledge with the rest of our Everyday PM podcast audience. So that will do it for all three of us, Kelly, Christina, and I, in this installment of the Everyday PM podcast. Kelly, we'll start with you. If folks want to continue this conversation about certifications or planning because you've got such a wealth of experience in that where can they find you online yeah probably linkedin is the best so um it's it's just um i think what is linkedin.com slash kelly hickler i think i'll make sure there's a link i'll make sure there's yeah. a link available oh yeah we those. can put the correct it might be there might be a dot in there somewhere i'm sure there is <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out but yeah I'm, i don't think there's too many kelly hicklers on linkedin so True. That's a good point. If you're the only one, then it'll be very easy to find you, but we'll make sure the link is in this uh, description for this video, as well as for the podcast. And Christina, again, thank you so much for your time. Please let folks know where they can find you. Uh, thank you both. It was very, I loved this conversation, loved the setting. Thank you, Kelly, for the very well you know, developed questions, et cetera. I do think it'll benefit many people. If people do want to connect, um, I am at Christina Olavidia on LinkedIn. Uh, we also have a website, www.consultyellowbrick.com, if you want to check out any of our projects, our tools, et cetera. And thank you again, and for having us. I'm going to shout out to my middle school, <laughs> Hill Lions.
And shout out to my high school, La Sierra High School, which I don't know why we decided to do the school theme today for those that are watching this video version of the podcast, which please do go on to my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Ann Campia to view the video version of these podcasts. Uh, there's a lot on there. There's a lot of content. So uh, leave a comment. Let me know what you think. Give us a thumbs up. Click that bell for notifications as new content goes up and make sure to subscribe to the channel. You can also support The Everyday PM on all of the podcasting platforms, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, you name it, I believe it is posted everywhere. Leave us a five-star review while you're there. We'd love to hear your feedback on the podcast as well. Again, that will do it for the trio of us. I hope you enjoyed this installment of our podcast. And until next time, take care.